You're listening to In My Humble Opinion with Maxilia Robinson and Charles Lewis only on 1013 Jams. In My Humble Opinion talk show. Still here, still standing. Of course, the usual suspects, Sir Charles, Miss Max. Razor A.A. Ron, and we are joined by our Charlottesville Tomorrow friends, Miss Angelique Shaw, the first uh, editor-in-chief for Charlottesville Tomorrow. Uh, we And we also are on the line with our reporters as uh, introduced, first time here with us. want to welcome Tamika uh, Jean-Charles and also the familiar voice. Everybody knows the great work of Charlotte Renee Woods. So once again, thank everybody for uh, joining us. And let's see, Angelique, where should we start when it comes to these topics? You know, I'm, I'm kind of kick it over to you and sort of let the CT news desk kind of kind of take us where we're going here because there's so much that people need to be educated on and, um, you know, all the misinformation and, you know, and the, the, the rightful anxiety, too, you know, when it comes to this, you know, political change that we're going through right now and how even our health care is continuing to be politicized. Our kids are caught in the middle of it and at risk with, mm-hmm. you know, with the way that government is approaching schools. So, yeah, right. I'm going to kick it over to you because uh, there's so much to talk about. Well, yeah, well, this team, you've got you've got more than half the newsroom in here today. Uh, <laughs> you can up. tell what big fans we are of the show because we're all here on Sunday. Um, I, I mean, this you're you got the two reporters here who have been working on this story about mask mandates in school. Tamika, Charlotte, uh, maybe Charlotte, you can give give the give the headline here. Uh, about Youngkin's uh, position on masks in school and what it means for us locally. Yeah, so far, I guess the beginning of his administration, he's following through on promises he made to the voters who voted for him um, Mm -hmm. last fall. So, like, for instance, uh, his stance has always been, um, I'm not going to require vaccines and masks, but it's going to be your choice which that executive order gets rid of the mandates in schools, which we see legal challenges, um, which Tamika knows so much more about. Um, And then we also see, you know, we see some of his executive orders like um, challenging, quote, inherently divisive topics in schools. That's a very broad term. It's going to see some legal challenges. We see um, threats to take us out of the regional greenhouse gas initiative, which again, we still have the Virginia Clean Economy Act. So Right now, I think that in in the House and in the Senate, we're going to see a lot of attempts at blocking some of these things. But Tamika can speak more about how that um, executive order about masks, actually what that means more for us locally in Charlottesville and Albemarle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so essentially um, uh, more, all, uh, more than half of the school districts in Virginia have opted to ignore um, Youngkin's mask order, including Charlottesville, Albemarle County. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking to both school districts, they both said that they um, are not going to change their protocols. Um, they're going to follow state law, which was passed last year in General Assembly that that um, calls for schools to follow CDC guidelines to the maximum extent, extent possible, mm-hmm. um, which usually includes um, mask wearing, which is still heavily um, like rec- recommended by right. the CDC. Um, so yeah, so when it comes to these schools, um, they've already gotten some pushback from parents, um, who wish schools to like follow Youngkin's order. Um, Youngkin stated also earlier that, you know, he's willing to look into all options, you know, to retaliate against these schools. He has yet to explain what those options, what those options are exactly. Um, but from what I've heard from legal experts, I've talked to from other stories, they have said that, um, lawsuits from the administration lawsuits from parents, from, um, you know, 
organizations that are for that are more for um personal choice rather than um following cc guidelines could come out too in in the future so it's called yeah. kind of all like a waiting game yes. at this point now the biggest thing oh, that, that i've that i've noticed and then i think aaron has something for you is that the way that this has been sort of uh approached has you know again it's, it's been politicized right right so it looks Ooh. like more the democratic urban areas are the ones that are saying no we're gonna listen to the doctors scientists what have you because uh, they know best right it seems like yeah. the more republican rural areas are the ones that are saying nope like we're gonna do it our way we don't listen to government kind of thing um so i'm curious like what do we know about the potential lawsuits because i've heard about whether the federal government may have to get involved uh because some of it may not be legal you know to uh to, to force it one way or the other have, have we heard anything about that on if federal government would be involved and if any of this is is being done um you know against the law um, I'm not sure about federal government government involvement, but I do know that um, seven schools so far, seven school districts have filed a lawsuit against yeah. Youngkin, um, and it's been filed in like Arlington Circuit Court. Um, so that has yet to be heard yet. But I know what I've heard is that um, when it comes, especially like like because earlier there was like um, a group of parents in Chesapeake who mm -hmm. try to sue Young Kin, but that was dismissed in the Virginia Supreme Court because they were kind of trying to dismiss it to the lower courts. So um, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a mixed bag of what could happen. Mm -hmm. um, I know since, um, like I said, the only I know because uh, typically people like Young Kin or who side with Young Kin on this issue try to reference studies that say that like, you know, mask wearing impacts kids in schools and try to try to like emphasize on like, oh, if we have like, you know, um, better air filters, um, and better like hand washing techniques and other aspects of being um, clean that aren't just masks. They try to emphasize on that, but um, yeah, I mean, the CDC still recommends universal mask wearing in all schools, um, schools, school buses, school bus stops, everything that involves any school facility. Um, so it still could be possible from what I see, but like I said, it's, um, maybe Charlotte can speak more to like- It might be something- yeah, it might be something that we could look into, but I, I can say when you spoke about the politicizing mm -hmm. of something like wearing masks, getting vaccines, mm -hmm. um, that's sort of been happening since the pandemic started. We've seen it, you know, turned into a political issue instead of purely a public health issue. Right, right. Um, and with Virginia's elections at the state level and locally, but also um, in the House of Delegates and the Senate, like the fact that some of these elections take place um in between like the governor election it takes place in between midterms which are coming up this year congressionally and the last presidential election so you know every mm -hmm. red wave and blue wave begets another one so you kind of see this mm -hmm. this power struggle play out in a lot of ways virginia is kind of like i think virginia and jersey are like the guinea pig that the rest of the country all the other states are looking at like you know what are the limits of what we can get away with or challenge um and what are like you know what's the bellwether politically um, so that's definitely something that like all these national things are really, they're, they're local issues too. Right. Right. And, and Aaron and Max, I think y'all had something. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I wasn't concerned. We're not concerned, but I'm not surprised about all the lawsuits. It's funny because if you really think about it, there should be lawsuits every day for the poor levels of education, mm. some of the lack of resources <laughs> and materials that some of these schools are receiving, mm -hmm. but for somehow humans decide if we got to wear a mask, we want to decide to sue somebody, which tells you a lot about human intelligence and what we think is important. My question to both mm. of you guys or to anybody is that politicians are very, very smart. So they're thinking this thing five or six levels down the road before we even start here. 
for Youngkin to do these executive orders, he knows he's going to be sued. He knows it's going to cause chaos and confusion. What was his, if anybody even wants to even try to answer this question, because it might just be an opinion, what was his political strategy mm. in doing it? Because there's a reason to do every single thing that he's doing, especially he knows he's going to get a, a certain level of pu a pushback. I know you guys may or may not be able to answer it. And then also shout out to Tamika for having the spirit of Dessaline and the revolution here with us today. <laughs> you know, I'm, I got I to gotta get my fist for you, baby girl. But, uh, <laughs> but no, if, and if I may... Yeah, now, yeah, I may add to Aaron's <laughs> comment, and I would also venture to say that he knows that there is a high possibility that his decision may cost someone's life. That's my so point. So is he yeah. willing to risk that for the sake of saying I fulfilled my promise to the people that voted me into office? Let so, me let me add to yours, Max. Let me add to yours. Yeah. I think Wes gave it to us a while ago. I think Youngkin's going to eventually make a play for president. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, he mm -hmm. was so supportive of Trump. That's a good point, Charles. And then he true. made then he made chess moves differently than Trump did. Mm -hmm. And it's not the fact that he gets in trouble or somebody says something to him. It's mm -hmm. that if he knows that if he can get people to rally cry behind him again, Trump has already kind of laid a foundation play for the next person. Mm -hmm. I mean, if mm -hmm. you really look at it. So I think that you like yeah, like I Aaron said, that. he's five steps ahead. So I really He's trying think, to be a blueprint for the Republican Party right. post Trump. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Good point, Charlotte. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Trump took the shots in the mouth. Now he's going to come in and make yeah. it more polished. Yeah. And he, but he's smart enough to where he's going to give something that once he gets like two or three Democrats to say, okay, we at least got something. I mean, yeah. he's going to push his way in. Yeah. Now, um, and, and unless Angelie had anything to add to that, I was going to say, I feel like that, that this is a great segue into to, to the redistricting that's happened recently, Charlotte, and the way that that may, you know, uh, play a role, you know, with, with the way that we calculate and we can allocate, you know, votes. Because to raise this point, right, is, um, you know, all it takes is a Democratic representative in a district that, you know, like that was highly Republican and may have voted Republican before, you know what I mean? And then like that may sway everything. So Charlotte, bring us, for those who may not know, bring us up to speed on the redistricting that happened, uh, you know, recently for Virginia. It feels like sports, but with like higher stakes. Um, <laughs> right, right. The, mm. the points and the percentages. Um, for instance, right now, like Albemarle County um, in the House of Delegates used to be split into four different districts that touched Albemarle or Charlottesville, but largely sprawled out into other parts of the state. And that's why you saw the, the, the 29th, the 59th, the 25th, like you see Democrats stepping up to challenge every year, but like the Republican incumbents always kept their seats. And meanwhile, you know, the 57th district that Sally has, uh, Delegate Sally Hudson sits in right now, that, that's been pretty solidly Democratic while all the other nearby districts were just very heavily gerrymandered. Um, and with the new maps that were uh, adopted at the end of 2021, overall, it seems more fair around the state in terms of demographics, like-minded constituents, mm -hmm. a good split around the parties. I think like the fifth congressional district is still always gonna be kind of an indigo battleground, um, but Albemarle County in terms of representation in the house mm -hmm. might feel more represented by their future delegates going forward, at least for the next decade, because the way that now Albemarle County has two districts, they have the 54th and the 55th. So um, the likelihood from the experts and, and um, political people I've been speaking with is that, you know, now our local representation at the state level might feel more 
align with we know that Charlottesville and Albemarle are very kind of blue places. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's that. And then, um, you know, we're going to see how things shake out in the midterms this year. I will say that there's a tiny sliver of Albemarle County that is technically in the seventh congressional district. We know how contentious mm. that race is going to be. And um, I'm trying to figure out how this tiny sliver is going to be able to vote because the registrar has to split up precincts. Mm. Um, local redistricting is happening with our board of supervisors in the county. Um, so this coming week, actually, they will either adopt their proposed timeline or they might accelerate it because there is a chance that we might have House of Delegates primaries this summer mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. the census data was delayed. The maps were delayed. Now there are people arguing, well, we have to have another election. And some people are saying maybe we don't. And right now there's still like Tamika was saying earlier, there's a lot of legal wait and see with a bunch of lawsuits. Mm -hmm. Hey, for that for that slither of Albemarle, is that is that abnormal or, or would, do you feel that or? have evidence or feel that that was purposely done to try to break up Albemarle? Or is it normal for counties to, to be to be broken up in, within districts? Sometimes it's inevitable that there will be a little bit of a breakup. And uh, usually map drawers and demographers are trying not to do that. And in the past, obviously, before the redistricting commission was on our ballots last year to vote into law, it used to be legislators drawing their, their own maps, which, of course, they want to have their cake and eat it too. And mm -hmm. that's why for decades we've seen maps that look like Rorschach tests that are like slivering mm. around things and, and intentionally gerrymandering different, either it was benefiting incumbents or it was diluting the voice of certain demographics. It was, mm -hmm. or diluting political power. It was really messy. And that's why it finally got bipartisan support to be more fair. Um, the, sl the sliver though, I want to look into it more because I'm really interested how that little tiny thing happened. Mm, yeah. So, you know, and, and how, how soon, just out of curiosity, how soon will, I guess, residents be notified if the where they their voting location has changed and where it will be? If Albemarle County sticks to um, its originally adopted timeline for local redistricting, which has to happen, obviously, every 10 years, um, they it looks like by May people will know. But um, county staff is recommending trying to speed it up so that way it can be concluded by late March. That way, there's time to get re-familiarized with who is my potential delegate, what candidates should I be voting for, um, and also how the county splits up its own magisterial districts. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we'll, we'll find out this week. I will say it is very important if you are listening and you are really passionate and want to contribute to public comment on your local magisterial districts in the county, um, you might want to pay attention to this Wednesday's um, Board of Supervisor meeting. Mm -hmm. And then I think early March is when the actual public comment will happen. Yeah, yeah, yo, and you know, y'all, and I'm curious, what do we do, right? Because there's so many that's further and further, more and more frustrated by the whole political process. And I can tell you from Madison County, the locals that's getting elected, and again, like we always say, y'all, the local uh, elections are probably more important than the federal election because your local folks is what feeds into you know bigger government. And I can tell you in Madison County, they're electing, for for instance, people to the school board who have kids in private schools. You electing people to represent the schools and they have no vested interest in the schools. So to me, how can you expect them to even care to make the right decision? So, you know, to me, I'm like, we just gotta educate the ear. You know, those who have an ear to hear, let them hear, right? Keep, keep educating folks to be able to do what's right, educating families. If you feel like that you should wear a mask, if you feel like that's the safest thing, continue to do that. 
if, if it's optional, educate people on why you should do that if, if that's what you believe. You know, but I, you know, but in the face of all this, y'all, and if Youngkin has a grand master plan that may not be the best for our community, raise Aaron Max. What else do we do? I say educate, educate, each one to each one. Grassroots. Yeah, just continue. Just I think if we. I, I think if you know what that somebody is not in your best interest, then you just continue to behave knowing that they're not in your best interest. I know somebody's going to say that sounds pretty simple, but you have to continue to oppose them. You have to do what's best for your family. You have mm -hmm. to continue to have platforms and shows like this to where we're getting the information out so then people can make their own individual decisions. And it's not just Yunkin. It's just it's all over the country. Mm -hmm. I know Charlotte probably knows this. This is this is everywhere. And it's just creating a firestorm. And there's so many different things that are going to continue to happen. This is just going to be the first of many dominoes that we're going to see in this politicizing of just America. Um, and it's unfortunate because the people with the least amount of resources and power are always mm. the carnage. Mm. Yep. And that's the issue that every, see, even some of these people and Charles, we talk about this on seven times. Some of these people that are yelling up and down and got their Uzis and the grenade launchers to wear a mask don't realize this is one decision that may not affect you, but there's going to be another one that you're going to be like, man, I voted for this guy and now I'm affected from an economical or resource level here. Yeah. It's very small thinking. Yeah, circulate so that just, dollar, right? Circulate that dollar. Yeah, yeah, it's like, very small thinking. So everybody just needs to just, you know, put the tinfoil kufi on, as I always <laughs> say, and keep your third eye open because it's never about you. Razor, it's never about you. Razor, that, that, that economic influence, right? Follow the yeah. money. Follow the money trail. That's where the power is. Hey, in, in the words of Max, burn it down and sort it out later. Mm. <laughs> hey. They'll never let me forget I said that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, I stand behind it, but no, I agree with just to add a. We may be getting ready to go to break, but yeah. just add a quick comment. I agree with uh, Charles and I'm sorry, I agree with Troy and uh, Aaron. Like control what you can control. Mm -hmm. No, don't don't. Don't leave your life up to other people. Control what you can control. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, in, in the last couple of minutes, definitely want to kick it back to Angelie and thank her for bringing the whole team. Um, but, Angelie, you know, um, anything else you wanted to chime in on in the whole conversation? Anything you want to leave the people with? Because we want to support this initiative that, you know, that we put on the table. Yeah, I, I am so proud to be working with this team, with Tamika and Charlotte and, and the rest of the newsroom, because... They, you know, it's a rare spot in news media where they have both space to report and mm -hmm. care for the community uh, together. Um, and so we hope to expand that as we grow. But one thing I will say, it's so interesting to me listening to this conversation because on this sort of community listening tour that I've been on, quite a few people have said to me uh, that they're really concerned that our communities, Charlottesville, surrounding area, we are not operating on shared sets of facts. We have so much information and so little information that we share at the mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one of the most important things that we are trying to do is provide accessible, free information that people can rely on and trust. Of course, there's always going to be interpretation. There's always going to be questions. But at the very least, as a community, we mm -hmm. need a shared set of facts to work off of. Otherwise, we're not going to make good choices in the voting booth. We're not going to make good choices when we decide whether to put on a mask or not. We're not going to make good choices when we, you know, talk to each other, when we when we have to relate with our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So in, 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 in closing, uh, the follow up, how can folks reach out 
to support these these efforts um, that they see that women of color are helping to lead? Um, you know, in, in any ways they can support. How do they get in touch with, with you and your news desk? Yeah, so on IMHO's Facebook page, you'll see links to Charlotte and Tamika's reporting right. uh, and also a link to literally just pick a time on the calendar. I want to talk to you. I really do. Half an hour, whatever time you got to spare, let's talk. Because as we sort of, we can design our own local news. Mm-hmm. We can do that, which is a very amazing thing that we have in this in this town. Um, so it's right. uh, yeah, SeavilleTomorrow.org. We appreciate you. Thank you. Reach out to reporters. And we look. love 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 hearing from people saying, "Hey, you should be covering this." Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. The community, right? That's who we represent. And I, and I, I want to thank CT uh, too for the hard work that they're putting in, and mm-hmm. and the members here that are representing them. Just because this isn't easy work. Right. Um, and you, you get criticized on one side or the other. Mm. Um, and so I just want to thank you and let you know that you really are setting a presence here um, in Charlottesville for other media groups who uh, who tend to tell news, um, you know, just the, in the way that it has traditionally been told. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're setting a stage for other for other stories to be told that then those media those other media groups adopt and they tell it and they tell it in their way and they tell it for their own motive but still but still you know you guys are setting the table for that so i just want to say thank you yeah take us a break miss max if you don't mind yeah yeah let's go to break thank you to our guests great conversation uh you're listening to imho take a quick break and we will be right back you're listening to in my humble opinion with maxilia robinson and charles lewis only on 1013 jams 